Welcome to Leverage Masters, airing weekly on Tuesdays at 12 Eastern and on demand on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Leverage Masters hosts Jack Humphrey and Gina Gaudio-Graves discuss leverage strategy with guest leveragists. Be sure to subscribe to Leverage Masters in your favorite podcatcher for great tips and case studies on using leverage to achieve your biggest goals much faster. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Leverage Masters. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, the Dean and Founder of DirectionsUniversity.com and the co-founder of Divisio, D-U-V-I-S-I-O.com, the all-new affiliate network for people doing good in the world. We have got a fantastic show lined up for you. We've got my co-host and all-around partner in crime, Jack Humphrey, the Associate Dean of DU. And hello, Jack. Hello. Are you having a good week? I am. I am uh, sad today I didn't have my walk. It kind of throws off my whole day. you got to have your walk. You get addicted to it. <laughs> but other How than that, everything's going great. How come you didn't do your walk today? I was a little under the weather and just couldn't see getting out, even though my dog uh, did his best to get me to see his view of the situation. Um, he doesn't care whether or not I'm under the weather. He still wants to go, so <laughs> he didn't That's win today. too funny. Too funny. Well, we have got a fantastic guest for everyone today. Why don't you tell them a little bit more about her? All right. It, it starts with a little bit of a story today. I like the bio today. Uh, the ability to embrace change is considered to be among the top survival skills needed to thrive in the 21st century. So it is now more important than ever for young and old alike to be as resilient and adaptable as chameleons. That said, statistics show that only one in ten individuals have the tools to empower themselves and create, not just react to, change. In Drawing Solutions, How Visual Goal Setting Will Change Your Life, Business consultant Patty Dobrovolsky shows readers how to actualize the transformations they desire through a mapping process that will turn their dreams into reality. That's a neat introduction. Thanks, and welcome, Patty, to Leverage Masters. Hey, you guys. I can't believe I'm on your show. I love it. I love that I'm here. I love what you're doing. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. So that was really cool. I I, uh, was thinking of... Patty, are you also part of the wellness universe? Uh, What do you mean, the wellness universe? Like, I'm part of the universe, and I'm all about wellness. But is the wellness (laughs) universe a thing? I didn't know if you came from us through Anna and Sherry from the wellness universe or not. Uh, No, I don't think I did, but I love that. um, that That's how I got here, if, uh, if it's from them. Thank you. We'll get you well, connected I'm going to let then, Jack if, take if it from needs. there. We will. We will. Take it over, Jack. <laughs> so, Patty, we start the show every week with the same question. What got you out of bed this morning and had you so excited to greet the day? What gets you excited these days? Well, you know, I've been working on the creative genius equation right now because in in my world – You know, I draw pictures with people and for people all around the world to get them to make change. But I know that there is an innate um, equation that's behind it. So I've been working on a book around that. So this morning I was just looking at the brain and how it operates. And um, one of my favorite neuroscientists that um, he even has a PBS show is David Eagleman. And he's a super sexy guy that throws people off these huge heights to see what will happen in their brain? What's the reaction? And I, I feel like I don't really, in my workshops, I don't throw people off of buildings, but I do throw them into a new state where I try to show them how to draw things. And so this morning I was just thinking about the imagination and how it works and really how it's the engine behind everything and that it's innate. It's like the universal language we all speak, Right. And so mm-hmm. how do we access it and, and use it to our benefit? Because if we let it go on its own, of course, it's like it, could, it can create a train wreck. <laughs> so 
Right. I'm sure lots of people are very familiar with that um, form of train wreck <laughs> at times. I mean, the imagination is a very, very powerful thing. Uh, I've just been reading a really interesting book um, by Robert Lanza. He's a, yeah. a world-renowned neuroscientist. He's a very, very geeky dude. He's gotten all the right awards. He's got the exact pedigree for someone who is an authority in uh, brain sciences and physics and everything else. And uh, he wrote a book called Biocentrism. And now, just recently in May, has the second book out, Beyond Biocentrism. And it talks about a lot of things. But one of the things it talks about is, is uh, you know, related to what you just said, like the imagination and how how incredibly powerful it is. And his thesis is, and it's a very strong one, although it sounds improbable when you just lay it out. Uh, but his thesis is, is that we create our reality, and it's not um, from a woo-woo standpoint necessarily, no offense to any woo-woos, but I'm one in, as well. But it, we do literally create our reality is, is uh, him and his co-author Berman's uh, thesis here. And they go into all the physics and everything else. So if, if you feel like it's just a light-duty treatment to say that your imagination could or uh, create a, a, a train wreck in your life or um, create wonderful, wonderful things, it is no small statement. It's not an off-to-the-side yeah. thing. From my perspective right. and what I've been studying, it's a really big deal, right? Yeah. So you really want to learn how to harness it and, and use it to your benefit. And part of the whole use of a picture to capture and use uh, as a tool for your imagination to kind of what I would call double-click so that you double-click into the things you want versus allowing your brain to double-click into what the amygdala does, which is going to default to a story, whether it's good and moves you forward or whether it's bad. It defaults because when it creates the end of the story, whether it's good or bad, you get a hit of dopamine in your system. So then you're calm. So whether you create the good story or whether you create the bad story, you still get this, this calm dopamine hit. And so uh, my, my whole theory is, and, you know, what I've been just trying to show people all around the world is if you draw a picture, it's going to help you stay more focused on the things that you do want versus the things that you don't. Well, isn't it using a different, a completely different part of the brain than when you are conceptualizing and, um, you know, you're using one part of the brain to, to, to think about things, right? You're using an entirely different part of the brain in tandem with that when you're drawing something, when you're doing art, yes. when you're using your hands to create a picture, right? Right, and even they did a research study at Duke recently about the imagination because they always thought, remember how they used to separate the brain into this is the left side and this is what happens here, this is the right side and this mm -hmm. is what happens here. And even in my first book, I thought about it in that way and the research had just begun to change at that time into that it's an integrated system, that it might fire in a certain part of your prefrontal cortex when you're dreaming or your goal setting but it also interacts with all different kinds, parts of you. It, it, it interacts with your hippocampus, which is your memory, your amygdala, which is your emotion. So it's accessing all of those things. And one of the things that um, Eaglewin talks about is he was saying that, you know, the most, um, the hard thing about traumatic in injury is that when you couple a, a memory with a powerful emotion, that it has a tendency to stick longer and um, stick greater. So even when you're imagining the best-case scenario, you really want to really go big, go bigger than you could ever imagine the greatest thing that could happen so that you help it to attach into a picture that gets logged into your memory. Okay, so I can't draw. Uh, that's what I keep telling myself my whole life. Actually, secretly between you and me, I do a fairly good job when I stop saying I can't. I exactly. actually have been do. doing it a lot more, and I'm not trying to be um, an artist anymore. I'm not trying to be as good as that commercial on TV. You can draw too. I'm just doing it. 
And uh, but I've always told myself I can't draw. But what do you tell people? I mean, of course, this objection has to come up with er- almost everybody yeah. that you talk to, every right? Every single time, every every group, any audience, when they get up to share what they drew in their picture, they say things like, "Well, I drew a really bad picture of a uh, fill in the blank," right? And mm-hmm. so, um, one of the things that happens is doesn't, you know, that, doesn't uh, that just prove your point, though? Yeah. Whatever you imagine, whether it's good or bad, exactly. will come true, and right. it came true on the paper on their drawing. I did it to myself right. all the time. <laughs> right. Well, and I think, too, I show people first how simple it is to draw. So if you have a piece of paper in front of you and you're listening, you know, draw a square, a triangle, a circle, a line, a comma, a period. Everything, everything in the universe is made up of those basic shapes. And so if you can remember that and you can understand that, you know, a box of Kleenex is made out of a box with a bunch of lines on the top. A house is, you know, just a, a really a rectangle on its side with a with a tr- half of a triangle on the top. And the windows are just little squares in there, right? So if you can let yourself imagine that everything is made of those shapes and un- unhook yourself from the programming that we get, which is, that an artist spends years and years um, honing their craft. Well, I I didn't know how to draw, and I was in a meeting with a guy, and he drew a picture, and I thought, I think I can do that. I was a poster girl in high school. You know, I have good handwriting. I'm sure I can draw like that in business meetings. And so I taught myself how. And in the first year, I moved the needle from zero drawing stick figures all the way to 10, where I could draw a full picture with mountains, with, um, you know, color in the background, and write all the data in there. And, um, and I tell people I'm just really, now I'm a highly paid um, poster girl and uh, pep commissioner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I, know, I love but, it. But I, anybody I think can it, do it. Absolutely, anybody can. And you kind of have to, if, they're, if you're going to go into what you talk about, that's kind of crucial to get out of your own way and and uh, and chill out about it. Just relax and go. Okay, what if it is crappy at the end? So what? Keep doing it. And still, you did the yeah. exercise. I mean, even if you drew something, like some people have uh, another thing from Robert Lanza. He's you know because he's a neurologist, all that kind of stuff. He he studies people's brains and he he's noticed lots of different things. You know, people only go to people like that when they got something wrong. So he knows a lot yeah. about things that can go wrong with the brain. And some people um, who are asked when they would come in, the patients that would come in to draw something, literally would only draw half of what everybody else could see, could plainly see, a house, a flower, a driveway, a car. Everything was kind of in half or very, very fractionated. It was, and he then went on to explain what had happened to that person, and that is exactly the way they see the world. So, yeah, you know, we yeah. can't make a, we can't make assumptions about ourselves or or anybody else about what it is that we see when we draw things or uh, or how good or bad we are at it because everybody's a little bit different, right? You know, yeah, you can't yeah. just accept that everybody's got just a perfectly healthy brain. You can put things from your brain to your arm to your wrist to your hand and onto paper exactly the way everybody else does, and that's not even the point, is it? No, and I think the point is that you want to. It, it doesn't. The brain can't differentiate between a word on a page and a picture. They look like the same thing and are interpreted to your brain in that way. So even if you fill a page with words that are written in a bolder fashion of where you want to be in your next, um, in your you know desired new reality, it will trigger your brain into thinking, oh, oh, okay, that's where we're going now. And um, the the other thing I was thinking about was that uh, around this is a guy told me a story. He said I was, um, you know, coloring with my daughter, and I said to her, you know, I really can't draw. And she turned to him and she said, yeah, because you don't ever practice. If you practice, you get good at it, like that. And I thought, <laughs> oh, wow, that's just such a – that really is the key. And um we all doodle when we're talking on the phone with people. We draw pictures, and you know. So if you're listening in, you know, start drawing right now, unless you're in the car. Um, you know, start drawing, just sketching out, you know, anything that we're talking about, because practice makes perfect, and it's really true here. So let me pause for station identification. This is Leverage Masters, and 
people are probably going, what the heck are you guys talking, especially if you just tuned in, you missed the introduction, you're probably thinking, what the heck are these guys talking about, and how, what does this have to do with leverage? To my mind, and, and I'll let you, uh, Patty, say what you think about it uh, after this, is, is it is big-time leverage to be able to use any and all tools that will get you down the road that you're traveling on faster to draw a line between point A and B, which being straight is the shortest distance between those two points. And that's leverage in anything that we can use, in everything that we can use. It's not just about using autoresponders, virtual assistants, and all kinds of mechanical stuff to make your business flow and grow. It is everything, all the tools in the toolbox. And this is one of my favorite tools is talking about stuff like this. So to me, yeah, this is obvious leverage. What do you think, Patty? Well, I, I think it is. I think it is leverage. Um, and I'm a hacker, you know, so I'll hack myself, and I'll tell you why. Because when I, before, way in the Wayback Machine, I was an actor. I was actually a performance artist, and I wasn't that great. So somebody told me I should go to New York and take some acting lessons. And so, you know, I did on their suggestion. And when I was there, I was staying with a Broadway actress, um, Dale Souls, who's in uh, Orange is the New Black. And I was staying at her fourth-floor walk-up. And she would sing along to the record of herself, you know, that she went from when she'd been on Broadway. And so I'd be coming home at night from my acting classes, and there would be Dale. And it got me obsessed with this idea of it, you know, like what was Broadway like and who would you meet and what would you do? And I go back to Seattle where I'm from, and a couple months later, after I've fantasized this idea, I get into a show that goes to the main stage of the Seattle Rep, and then six months later it goes to the Kennedy Center in D.C., and six months later it goes to Broadway, right? So to me, I was like, how did this happen? Like, what did I do? And so I started to hack the, um, you know, holding the picture in your mind. Like, I, I started to hack my imagination. How long and what kind of thing would I hold in my mind that would happen right away, Right. And I did that for a while, and then I, I decided, uh, you know, I kind of had an artistic break, and I didn't know what I was going to do next. I felt like I needed to do something other than acting for a while, so I got a degree in psychology, and I became a drama therapist. And I would run these groups with people, and um, I was just not a great therapist because I wouldn't listen. <laughs> I would be like, I, I had very little empathy. I'd be like, you know, you have a drinking problem. Go to AA. You know, or the guy would be, I'd be like, that guy is bad for you. You know, leave him, right? So um, somebody said, you should go into business. Because in business, you know, they love it when you tell them what to do. So, you know, I did. I went into business. I, I just, I was like immediately put into team building, and then I was a change agent. And I would go in these sessions with people who had, like, half their company had been risked or laid off. And then the other half was leftover. So I was like the leftover cheerleader. And it, during that time, I saw this guy draw a picture in a meeting, and I thought, I'm going to try that in a session with people where I have them write out what it is or draw how they feel right now about what's just happened. And I found that if you drew a picture of it, it was easier for you to let it go. And that then, if you drew the picture of your future, like people in the room got so inspired, even if bad stuff had just happened to them, they were already engaged in what the next thing was. And later, of course, much later, the neurologists and neuroscientists talk about the chemistry that goes into your body when you're envisioning the future, you know, this just massive amount of serotonin so that you feel confident like you can do it. And so um, after that, I was like completely sold on using pictures. So I don't do a single consulting session with, you know, companies anywhere or individuals. I do individual mapping sessions with people drawing so that they're drawing, I'm drawing, so we get our brain activated. And so, yeah, is it a hack? Is it a leverage point? Absolutely. A picture is a leverage point. Yeah. I wonder if there's any correlation, you probably know the answer to this, uh, or most certainly do, if there's ever been studies on when somebody comes to actually having to draw out, take that extra effort and do that extra thing. You, you know, thoughts are easy, right? You just, I'm doing one right now, and it didn't take any effort. I'm thinking right now. But when you actually commit to putting a piece of paper in front of you and drawing something out, when it comes to that future thing, 
I wonder if there's any studies that have, have, have proven what I suspect is that people won't and your brain won't want to spend the energy on imagining anything but a better future than the one that you thought just because it's so yeah. easy to think. I wonder if there's something like that out there. Well, um, there, there is a, a bunch of studies about using visuals. Uh, like when you are brainstorming, you'll come up with 50% better ideas. Wharton did it. But one of the things that, um, that uh, found is that when you are thinking about an idea, you know, like you get an idea and you go, oh, I just thought of something, you know, that in fact your brain has been mulling that idea for a long time. So when the future state happens, like when the thing happens that you put on that drawing, it does um, two things. At the beginning, it focuses your brain. So your brain knows, aha, because I've drawn a picture, then it's activated all of my um, neurons in there, and I've reprogrammed myself, especially if I, um, if I don't naturally draw, then what it does is it activates those new um, neurons. And so these new things start to wire in your brain around that future because you have feeling about it, whether the feeling is, oh, I can't draw, but, ooh, what a cool, you know, now I've drawn my future, I did it, right? And, but if you put that picture somewhere that you see it all the time, then it serves to give your brain a focal point, which is really in our world of all the data we've got, you have to have one. You have to have a focal point, or it's too distracting. You won't remember what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, man, and I mean, it, it's, it's a capital R world <laughs> we live in now because it is so easy to get pulled off track. It's so easy to lose, um, maybe not lose the focus, but, uh, you know, wake up and it's Wednesday, and <laughs> you're like, what the yeah. hell just happened? I got yeah. wrapped up in a whole yeah. bunch of other stuff. So yeah. I totally agree with you. know, when people used to talk about, and they probably still do a lot, uh, vision boards and stuff, and they'd tell you to cut things out of magazines and stuff, it seems like now that we've had this discussion and so far, my understanding of it is that seems like cheating. That seems like, okay, well, it might help a little bit, and there's probably somebody out there who's a massive proponent of it and, and can tell you about all kinds of studies about it too, but it seems more powerful when you make yourself draw the lines, when you make yourself well, actually sit yeah. down and, and it doesn't have to, you know, a representation of a beach. Everybody can draw a palm tree. But cutting one out of a magazine and gluing it on a piece of paper, now, in light of what we just talked about, seems kind of cheap and maybe not as effective. I don't know. Well, they did all these studies, too, you know, around handwriting, right, because they were thinking, oh, well, you know, in the future, just like you're not going to have to drive your car, you're just going to get in and it's going to drive itself. Let's see if that happens. This will be like the Jetsons, you know, we'll be waiting, waiting, waiting for that to happen, right? And so... Um, but the same thing with when you – they were going to take handwriting out of the schools. Like, should you teach handwriting? This was one of the considerations. And then they found all of these studies around when children actually write, they learn how to make connections between concepts. So you can't eliminate that part. So, of course, if we draw a picture, it might be better than cutting it out of a magazine. Although, you know, I think whatever you use that will work for you, is you better do it, right? <laughs> I'm like, pack yourself. That might be better. But in my case, I think that drawing and my understanding of it is that it will help to make the neural connections that you need to. Plus, there's something about it's a projective tool when you draw, right? In art therapy, you draw as a means of projecting what's inside of you out there. So in sessions where I'm drawing and they're in crisis or there's a chaotic situation in the room, you know, once it's out on paper and everybody's been heard, everybody calms down. They're much calmer. And then there's space in there for them to envision the future. So if you're listening and you're thinking, oh, my God, my world's a mess, or I just lost my boyfriend, or my job is in peril, or, you know, or maybe you just feel like, oh, what am I doing? It just feels like my career stalled, or maybe I just don't have enough time and I don't know what to do. Draw a picture of that. You know, put it on the left side of a piece of paper under current reality. Write and draw what it's like right now. And then it will separate you from it in a way when you draw that picture. Your brain thinks it's the past. So it's like, oh, okay, that's the past. Now we're going to look at the future. Okay, 
I'm going to do like some jumping jacks and get myself in that. Now I'm going to draw a picture of the future. Then you, you've tripped over, you know, you've tricked, tricked your brain into this new reality. And when you draw it, you know, just like when you watch a movie, the thing that's fascinating about it, uh, uh, Jack and Gina, is that when you watch a movie, your brain thinks that's you. It thinks you're the protagonist in the movie. It doesn't know the difference. Mm. And so it thinks you're living that. That's why when you read a really good book, you're in it, and you think, wow, the whole world is like that, you know? And so um, same thing. When you draw a picture of your future, your brain goes, that's me. That's my life now. It doesn't know past and present. It doesn't know the difference. Doesn't it convey different layers of meaning to something that can only mean a couple things when you call it the sun? Now, draw me a picture of the sun. Like, sun is soleil and a hundred other words for sun. And those are all words that we use to tell each other, don't look directly into the sun or something about the sun. And then there's the dry dictionary.com version that pops right into my head anyway. When I hear the word sun, it's different than if I were tasked with drawing the sun. I would have enough time to think about words like warmth and, uh, and chlorophyll because that's what is the converter with plants to sunlight to, to energy for plants. I'd think about all kinds of things. People would think different things, but the point is that. You, would, you think differently when you're drawing something as opposed to when you're labeling something. So if you were drawing a, you know, if you were tasked with writing about the sun, and you can, you know, I'm just choosing that because I knew the, the, the French word for sun. Uh, <laughs> and I can't think of a business term that I knew another language. But, but yeah, I'm sorry, I'm so awesome. Uh, but, uh, but if I was just to write about it, I would write and I would get really clinical. I know how I would do it. I would get very clinical in it and I'd be very definitive based on dictionary terms and things like that. And uh, I talk about solar energy and junk. But if the same assignment was given to me, I can already picture how I would think differently. And it seems like it would map onto my consciousness in a different way thereby kind of supporting, you know, what you already know and what you've told us, that it makes a more indelible mark on our psyche, on our brains, on our minds, on our memories, and our consciousness, which can only bode well if you're drawing things that are really cool that you want in your life. Well, and also, too, if you want to communicate a concept to a team or you're sitting in a room full of people if you get up and draw a picture, you know, uh, 50% of your brain is active in visual processing already, and the brain processes visuals 60,000 times faster than words. So if you get up mm. and just draw a picture of the sun for them, they already are in the, in the drawing. They're already in it. They respond better. 40% respond better when there's a picture there. So, um, yeah. So I think that, you know, well, isn't that one of the biggest the biggest parts of people's brains is the uh, is it is it occipital lobe the, the, or or yeah. what is it in the back of the brain that has like a trillion synapses or neuron collect connections something like that? Of course, I'm no doctor, but I read that there was a great big giant part of our brain in the back that is an amazing amount just yeah, dedicated just to visual. Back there, yeah, yeah, that's right, because that's well, it goes through your optic nerve and. But this is where the imagination is powerful, right? So the optic nerve only sees in a two-dimensional fashion, but we experience the world in three dimensions, right? And so um, in order for us to know where the glass of water is when we go to pick it up for that cup of coffee, the brain actually processes the information it gets from the optic nerve and fills in the gap. And so my belief is that if you can fill in the gap between where your glass of water is in your mouth and picking it up, then you should be able to, your brain should be able to process how to get from where you are now to where you want to be. And so when I'm in the process of trying to get to those action steps or bold steps that will get you from here to there, that's what I'm accessing. I'm asking myself my brain, you know, to me, the physical part of you is just one part of you. I'm accessing that and all the other parts, you know, all the senses that are alive and awake and in the world and asking, all right, I'm going to look at the data on the left side, the current reality. I'm going to look at the data on the right side, the desired new reality, and I'm going to close my eyes for a second because that's when the creative genius comes in, you know. 
is when yeah. you put yourself in a kind of beta state. So you're not like worrying the problem. You're running or you're, you know, meditating or you're doing yoga or you're in the shower, you know, one of those things. And then you ask, you know, what's the biggest, boldest thing I can do to get there? And then you got to write it down. And then you have to do the second part, which is, you know, you have to take action to achieve things. But believe me, it's much faster. So um, this morning I was just, you know, I keep a journal. I get up every day and I write. And, you know, and I have done it since I was like 18, since I read Julia Cameron's book, you know, and I was just really wanted to understand how the world works and how I can make it work better, work for me, you know, versus me working for Mm -hmm. it, right? Um, Now I do both. But uh, one of the things that I did this morning is I found this page in my journal that said, it was looking at the gaps in my work schedule, like where I, you know, when you're a consultant, you always want to fill in the gaps in the work so you make sure it's steady and that it's interesting, right? And so in this case, I had written these two things, Uh, find, find a job for, you know, I need something to fill in the gaps July 18th, 19th. And somewhere in the week of August 22nd to 26th, probably, a couple things. All right. So, you know, fast forward to a week later, and I think it probably been a couple days after that that I got calls for work, and that's already booked in there. That already happened. And it wasn't, you know, to me, I think, oh, that's the link. You know, you put it out there, hack yourself, figure out what you need to do. Like maybe, did I call anybody? I don't think so. Somebody called me. I met him on a plane. That's where one one of those jobs came from. So I think if you treat the world like a Petri dish, right, (laughs) and you're just trying to put things together and grow them and understand that you can grow them and overcome your resistance to that it's your responsibility to help put things in that Petri dish so it can grow, um, then you you have a better outcome when you start to take charge of it. And drawing is one of many ways that you could do it. Did you yeah. on your on your show you've like had a ton of people who all do different things. They're all great hacks about how to leverage and uh, get to and fill and be your potential, your best self in the world. Did you say that all of our guests are hacks? Is that what you just said? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While being very good hacks, awesome hackers, and they are. Everybody that we try They're to bring hackers. on the show, we know, we know that people who are successful, no matter who they are, uh, and no matter what they're successful at, they're brilliant leveragists in some way or another. Because in order to become successful, you have had to employ, you know, <laughs> the leverage arts, as we call them here. And without yeah. even knowing them, it's not something that you take a course on, um, you know, necessarily. Uh, it's just something that Gina and I have found throughout the years that that's what we teach people. If we teach any one thing to people, if we had to give it a word in anything in business, and the, and the thousands of different subtopics that we talk about in business and marketing and, you know, technical stuff, how-to stuff, why stuff, it, the big core keyword, if it was a giant keyword cloud, would be leverage. And that's what everybody is really truly using in our mind. That that's, that's whether they call it that or not. Some people call like when you're going out and meeting people and meeting key people that you need to get your business down the road further, they might call that networking. We easily supplant that with leverage because that's what it really yeah. truly is to us. And, and, and yeah. the way that you're doing things, I mean, it's really wild too because it's such – you are doing something and talking about something that is not something if, if people were picking off a list of things, leverage topics for shows and things like that, well, you could never. Now, this one, you're not going to be able to turn Patty into a leveragist. There's no way. because there's. But the thing is, we already know the secret that every successful person out there who's moved themselves from a point to a point and, and done, you know, accomplished something really cool, written books and gotten recognition and grow, grown businesses, Every single person there has used leverage in some form or another and has something to say about it. And I really get a kick out of finding people like you. And it's like, how are you going to make this picture-drawing person into a leveragist? I can't wait to see that. And I'm like, I didn't have yeah. to. She already is. Well, and the, the other thing um, I was thinking is on, on, we have a website that's just for the community that's called blastoff.today. So, you know, if you go to www.blastoff.today, there are tons of pictures that other people have drawn, and they're not pretty pictures, all of them, 
they're like pictures of people's dream and some of their stories. And you know, spell that spell that out for us. Uh, so I, I think these people might need. Yeah, blast okay. off. B L A S T. Blast off. O F F. All blast one word. Off. Blast okay. off. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't coming uh-huh. through clear to me, so I'm sure some people were missing. Blast off. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Blast off. Dot today. Instead of dot com, okay. it's dot today. Blast off. Dot today. And there you, you can see other people's pictures, and then. Even on uh, my website, um, uh, upyourcreativegenius.com, you can download in the store. There's all kinds of free downloads. There's a font book. There's a, some um, graphics you can use to trace. And there's this template I keep talking about, you know, like if you draw a picture of where you are and where you want to be. And then I gave a TED Talk called Draw Your Future. And that talk will show you everything you need to know about how to do the process. And so you don't have to just, um, you know, be there at home wondering what you're going to do or, or when you're, you know, in your car and you're stopped waiting for somebody to pick up your kids from school. You know, get that template, start to do just a few of those things where you look at where you are, want where you want to be, and what are the three boldest things you need to do to get there and leverage your creative genius because, you know, uh, everybody thought Einstein was the creative genius. They always talk about Einstein and, you know, Steve Jobs and all these people that are, like, way out there. You know, like, they're, like it's light years away sometimes from where you are in your experience. And the way you pull it down is that you realize the only difference between you and them is that they took an idea that they had for their life and they ran a thought experiment with it. And that thought experiment brought them to a new place and understanding. I am totally floored uh, by the stuff on Blast Off today. That is really cool. My gosh, if people think they can't draw, I want to know what they think is good because this is awesome. This is really, really, really cool. Yeah, so, and, and there's, you know, stories of people, and, you know, there's n- not even half the, st- I get all these stories in my email box every week of people who have tried it. They send me a little note, and they think, oh, she probably doesn't check her email, this info at creativegenius.com, wrong. I look at all those emails, just like my, um, you know, my uh, social media person, Emer, she looks at those too, but I look at them because in there, are seeds of stories that I'll tell on stage, you know, when I'm giving a talk. I want I want your stories. I want you to tell me what happened when you drew the picture and how it transformed you, you know, voicemails. A woman left me a voicemail, and I, I sent her a package. I'm like, you're my biggest fan. You sent me a voicemail. Here, here's a book. Here's a, you know, because I want to encourage people. Anybody can do it. If I can change my life from being an impoverished actor um, to getting onto Broadway. How did that happen? I, I didn't work for years and years as an actor. I'd been an actor maybe for like three years. And then that happened in that moment, and I believe it was the inner and outer picture of me doing that that made it made it so. It has to be true. I think there's things that everybody wants science and studies and statistics to tell <laughs> us and prove to us is true. Yeah. But there are some things in life, damn it, that your gut knows is true. I yeah. mean, you just—they just—you just know. And I think that people can look at this and innately understand that. And but it really does help. And thank you for saying that you're not special, any anything more special than anybody else. Or because I think yeah. a lot of people do that. They they're like, wow, I listen to her. She's on the show. She's been two TED talks that I can see on your site, not just one, and books and all of this success and everything. And I think a lot of people have this feeling of there's something else though there's something else and i like that when people clarify but you know isn't that a really big problem i mean that's people's imagination being used in the wrong way isn't it well and i think too you know um, they say that you're a product of your environment and so you have to you know you have to believe whether people around you believe or not you have to believe that you're going to make it that you something's going to happen that you're going to do something different that you're going to get out of poverty that you're going to um one day you're not going to be living in your car that you know that things are going to change because they will if you first believe that it's possible and two then you do one small thing every day to make it so 
And even if you're, you know, writing on the scrap of a back of a magazine the things that you want, you're programming yourself to into that state of awareness. And so, you know, I mean, I've done every blue-collar job you can imagine. I came from that kind of a family. My dad was a concrete. My uncle was a hod carrier. You know, they did, we did, they were hard labor. I, I can pour your driveway if you need me to. I know exactly how to do that, right? <laughs> I've done many of them. So, um, you know, I think that our belief is that, um, that we must remain where we are. Uh, and so we make it so by that belief. And so anything you can do to help yourself change, and I don't mean like I'm going to go out and win the lottery. Well, that's, that's a big, uh, you know, that's a, a what if, you know, scenario. For me, I know I could spend my money, my dollar that way, but it's better if I spend that dollar, you know, getting myself some pencils so I can do something different for me. And, you know, nothing against the lottery because I know people who've won. You know, I ran into two people that won, and I was like, wow, that's cool. But that's, I don't think that the, the um, odds against for me to do that, and I don't want this you to think that this is like that. You know, you win the lottery, you draw a picture. No, you draw a picture so that you train yourself towards the things you want, and you, and you remind yourself that you're in the physical world, but you're not of it. You are in the physical world, but you are not of it. And as soon as you remember that, it makes everything easier to bear. Yeah. Well, isn't the ideology of the entire universe expansion? I mean, if there's one word yes. that you could use to sum up what right. the universe is all about is expansion. So, I mean, the Big Bang, everything blows outward and everything's been blown outward. And whether you agree with the Big Bang theory or not, it's still determined that the universe is expanding. <laughs> so whatever caused that is immaterial, the fact that it is. And we are part of that. We're made up of all that dust and the stars and everything else. We're not people yeah. outside of that. We are, we are stars ourselves. And so the, the, you know, and when you reach middle age, I guess my, my joke would be after I got married and had a kid, I would, my ideology was expansion as well around my gut. But I had to deal with that. <laughs> and maybe I should probably continue to draw some pictures I was going to say, and get out before that walk that you gave up today. Yes, your dog yes, said, yes. you know, let's go. That's probably why I brought that up, the right? guilt. <laughs> yeah, the guilt that I didn't go walking well, whatever today. works. Yeah. We're going to leverage <laughs> We're gonna leverage your guilt for expansion, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. But I if you're it. always in motion, you're always in motion, maybe this would be a, better, a, a good picture to draw people, not a better one, just another one. Is that since we are always in motion and we never get anything done, there's never been anybody that I know of who has said on their deathbed, well, I'm glad I got that last thing done because now I'm done and I'm ready, you know. People can be ready to go, but you're never done. You never get anything done. Nothing's ever finished. You yeah. always want more. So when you're drawing these things, when you're writing in your journal, you're doing all this stuff, you're not trying to get to an end goal. That's just, a, that's just someplace where in a direction that you're going already that you want to really fine-tune how you get there and how quickly and efficiently and that you will get there. But you're going to get somewhere because you're always expanding, because you're always moving. How everybody got to where they are today and are listening to this show is an example of you're going to get somewhere. might not be the place you yeah. want to go, but you might want to sit down and draw it out because <laughs> that's what actually yeah. guides your ship to the shore that you want to land on. Is that close? Well, and I would, yes, I would, and I would also say that there are some people out there who think, I don't know, you know, like I think I don't know who I am or why I'm here or what's my purpose. Or if you're younger, you think, I don't know what I want to do, I, you know, so I'm just going to do whatever my parents did, right, instead of thinking like what, and maybe you want to do that because you love it, and that's okay. But part of it is I don't think you, you know, the myth is you have to have it all figured out. No, you don't. If you want to draw your future, draw just start with the qualities and characteristics you want to experience a year from today. You know, maybe you want to be happy. Maybe you want to feel loved. Maybe you want more abundance. I don't just put money there because money is one form of abundance, but abundance comes in friendship and support and, and health, right? And so I put over there the qualities and characteristics that I want to have more of. I want to be more creative or I want to you know, feel my value or I want to be serving, you know, those things. And then I draw a few pictures of those things. And you could just do that. 
and figure out, well, how's the, what's the boldest step I need to do to get to that? Well, maybe I need to, you know, go out and see what other people are doing who are having those experiences. Or maybe one of your bold steps is that you, you know, um, just go out in the world and see who you meet uh, just in your day. And what, what, do you, what does it make you think about? Um, or maybe one of it is I want to get more specific about what I could do, and so I'm going to read about what other people do online. I'm just going to look at, even in my Twitter feed, I'm going to see, I'm going to click on that name, and then I'm going to look and see what it says in their bio, what they do, and then maybe I'll go to their website and see what they're doing so that you understand that. And then while you've done that, the universe is the part of it that fills that gap in for you. It brings you the job that may not be the job, but it will lead you to the person who might have the lead for the something that you want to do. So you don't have to always know where you're going, but if you put out the intention of what you want to feel in the experience, then life will fill in the steps between here and there. And if you do know what it is that you want to experience a year from today, just make that bigger than you could ever imagine. Like make it 500% of what you think. When somebody showed me how to make money, I think I was making like, I don't know, I think I was making $4,000 a year, and I thought that was good. I thought that was good. And my friend turned to me and he crossed that out. You know, he added another zero to it. And he said, you can make that. And I was like, I can? How do I do that? And he showed me, he's like, I want you to take every month of the year, I want you to figure out how many client things you'd have to have in that year, and I want you to, if you don't have any client work coming in, I want you to get on the phone and network with everybody you know. And you know, at the end of that year, I'd made like three times that amount. I hadn't made quite that goal that he set, but I realized, oh, I was so limited at what I thought was possible. Yeah. The universe really doesn't give a crap about zeros. It really doesn't. Yeah, it really doesn't. No, <laughs> uh, it doesn't. It, it's immaterial. I mean, it's funny how you can um, you can add up a, a, a really, really, really huge number, and you just add a couple of zeros to it, and it becomes a number that you couldn't, for the rest of your life, start writing now zeros to to uh, you know to match up to that number. I mean, it's just funny how things change, but the, it's just an idea. It's almost like a thought. Okay, well, another right. zero. Yeah. I mean, there's money is energy, and energy flows, and. <laughs> It's so fun yeah. to talk about stuff like this. I'm so glad you came on the show. And uh, oh, So one of the questions that I came up with while you were talking was, now, these people on blastoff.today, they, they, they didn't just draw this picture, they, they, all these examples here, and then just quit, right? I mean, they don't believe, right. you don't teach them that just that one picture and, okay, now it's in my brain, yeah. now, now I'm totally there, and that's all I need to do. What, what do you teach them to do after this? Well, after you've got your picture, then you want to put, as I said, you put it somewhere you can see it every day. And then there are two pieces to it. One, you've made these three bold steps. And so you want to break that down into something manageable. A bold step is something like big. It's not like rearrange my file cabinet, right? A bold step is like I'm going to quit my job or whatever. Quit your job has a couple of steps before it. It's like maybe I'm going to communicate to my family that I'm unhappy in my job. Maybe I've already done that like to the nth degree, right? Maybe I want to refresh what uh, I think I want to do. I want to start networking with people, go out and do that. So these are all the baby steps you want to take that's going to make that bold step happen. So there are some pre-bold step and post-bold step. So you make an action plan for yourself. But nothing like don't get too complicated about it. Then I'm going to do this and that. I mean, like, forget it. Your brain is going to fall asleep. You'll fall asleep, and you'll get discouraged because it will seem too overwhelming. So I take the bold steps. I, think, I say to myself, okay, what's one thing I can do on each one of those things today or this week? Then I go and do them. I go out and do the thing, and every time I do something, I acknowledge it and I celebrate it. I don't go shopping because I don't think that's good for my credit card debt if I want to do that. What I do is I stop myself, and if I have a cup of coffee or a glass of water, you know, bottle of wine, whatever you're doing, I say, I drink this. The fact that I actually got out there and I networked with people or I actually finished writing that thing or I actually did get out and, you know, go, go landscape my backyard or dig in the dirt or whatever it is, the thing is, that's the bold step towards you getting there. And then you just watch. You keep using that map as, an, as a, um, I'm trying to 
think of how to say this. It's an accelerator. So you want to keep turning the dial up. And the way you dial it up is you use your imagination. So you take one of those things on the right side of your map, like the things you fantasize about, which is you're going to have your own business or something. You take that and you imagine it. You like daydream it. Before you go to sleep, you like imagine, like, what would it be like? And people, the phone's ringing and people are like, they can't wait to come and see. They buy that product off your website like that. You daydream the best case scenario, and you just don't worry about all the stuff you're going to have to deal with because when it comes your way, the stuff you have to deal with, you'll know what to do or you'll find a way to get through it. But you want to hold that vision in front and then keep, keep moving towards it, keep working towards it because that's how you make things happen. Yeah. That's how change happens. That's how you become the one in ten who make change happen. You believe it and you act on it. So there you go. I guess that fills in the blank of the previous uh, question or discussion that we had about people assuming something's up with that person, with Patty. She's successful. She said why she's successful, but I think she left something out because, because I could do it if it was just what she said. <laughs> but it can't be that because I haven't been able to do it yet, and I think I've been kind of maybe trying to do it kind of like what she said, but there are nuances here just like what you talked about. The, but it's not hard. It's not. It's no. not, It's simple and easy. It's just like you just do it. And and what well, about people who are trying to draw a picture about what they want to do that's based on something they think they they must do instead of what they want to do or that they have a passion yeah. for things like that. Can you talk about the difference there? Yeah, I think and I think about it like this. And there's a great book about this called The Road of Should and Must or something like that. It's a really cool book. I just can't remember the title. But anyway, <laughs> I think there are things we think we should do. And we get shoulded on all the time. You know, people should us. You should get a job. You Can you spell that, that so that everybody understands what you, you said? You should keep that job for the rest of your life. You've got a good job. You should. You should like that. Mm. But there are things that you feel inside that you must do, that you're called to do, that you want to do. And so some of the things on the right side I think end up being should. And, but you want to look for that as you put it out there. If it, if it pulls on you in that way like, uh like that, then you know it's probably attached to a should. You know, if it's, if it's a must-do, then it fills you with life. And so also, um, let's talk about this other thing, which is you didn't ask about this, but sometimes you're going to draw a picture of something that's not going to happen. Like I drew on there, I wanted to be a keynote speaker for years. I drew it. I put it on my map. It was on my map every year. But I didn't realize that I actually had to go out and book myself, you know, like I kept waiting for them to the phone to ring, you know, like, no, it doesn't happen that way. You have to go out and you have to, um, you know, create your own world. And so I would start, I started speaking in the hospital where I was working and I started speaking at, you know, uh, some people go to Toastmasters. I think I went to one of those and I was, I felt like I was not, I, that wasn't what I needed, but I went to these community groups and I just started to, A, finesse the process I was doing of drawing your future, and B, I got to be a, a very good speaker. And so, um, you know, now uh, I, I always am afraid when I go on stage just because I think that's a little anxiety and excitement mixed together, into, and it shows up as fear. But then I'm on stage, and I realize I'm here for in service. That's what I wanted, to show people how to be and bring them best selves to the world, and that's really what I'm doing. And I want you to do it, too, because this is all about leverage. Leverage your creative genius to be your best self. You can do it. I am going to edit this so that I can post-ask the question that was such a brilliant question that I didn't ask, because I should have. As soon as you said that, I'm like, oh, God, that would be the best way, because everybody does the stuff before when they're talking about things like this, and I, I'm so disappointed when they don't talk about what you just said. What you just finished it off with is very, very important. What happens when things don't happen? Because this stuff doesn't work perfectly for everybody because of nuances like that. I mean, it, would, it never occurred to me until you said it that 
that lots of things that I've done that I've envisioned, that I put vision boards together, I've written things out, diary, things like that. I think and fantasize about them, and they don't come true, and they didn't come true. And, and then I figured out something, or they're still on that list of things that didn't happen. What do you do in that case? And so thank you for telling me that I should have asked that question. You didn't tell me that, but I, you know, that's really a big deal. Because a lot of people are like, oh, here we go again. Just somebody saying you should be positive and happy and, you know, draw things on a piece of paper and it all works. <laughs> it's not perfect, right? It's gritty. It's got no. nuances, and there's adjustments you need yeah. to make along the way, and yeah, things you need to be aware of and how you think. That's right. And and what you believe about yourself and the world. That's all you have to modify, all that. That's yeah. a pretty tall order. But it doesn't have to happen today, right? No, nope, exactly. One little small bite of that elephant at a time. So how do you help people? How can people find out more about you? There's some intrigued listeners right now who are like, where, where do I go? How do I take the next step? What do you want me to do? I am all yours. Well, um, one thing you want to do is on my website, uh, go to the website upyourcreativegenius.com. There, there's a couple of TED Talks you can watch which are, will inspire you. One's about how to draw your future. The other's about imagination. There's also, you know, my books on Amazon. You can go there. You can click through the website to get any of that. But there's a bunch of free stuff in the store, and that's where I would send you to where you can download the template for free. You can use it with your friends. You can go and do it with your team. There's toolkits for how to use that. Um, and also, um, but go to blastoff.today and see other people's maps and just join the community. And then, you know, if you work with a company or you have an organization and you want a speaker, you can certainly go there, um, info at um, creative geni- upyourcreativegenius.com. That's how you get a hold of me for that. But I do individual sessions with people. I do online sessions with people all around the world to help you step into that future state. But that's the best place to go is that website because everything's there. And you can follow me on Twitter. It's P. Dobervolsky, just to make it complicated. And um, <laughs> or Facebook, upyourcreativegenius.com. And we, have, we do a, a blog post. I do a video tip of the week. You can follow me on Vimeo and YouTube. I've got all those channels happening so you can get inspired that way. So you were here for at least most of our talk together today, right? And so you know what we talked about. What, uh, what are your final points? What, what's a takeaway that you hope people got from this today? Well, I would say the one thing is you're worth it. Know that you're worth it and that you can have what you want in this world, in this life. And one way to help yourself focus is to draw a picture of what you dream and then take action on it and put it somewhere you can see because you deserve it. And your imagination is a tool you can use that will accelerate the process. So use that innate skill any chance you get. Dream your reality and then step into it. Nice. I think if I hear that one more time, that will be perfect, and then I'll just go out and do it this time. This time it will be different, and I'll just do it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's it's almost like uh, just turning everything off of accident mode or coincidence mode and putting things on purpose on purpose mode. Push the on purpose button. Is that I love is it. that fair to say? That's that. You can so use that. Great. You can totally use that. I would love right, to be able I to will. say that she used something of mine. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I love it. And somebody said just earlier this week. She said, "You know, I don't fit in here." I said, "Who wants to fit in? You want to stand out. Don't try to fit in." Try to stand out because that's what you're meant to be and what you're meant to do. Stand out. You're unique. There's not a single other person that's exactly like you. And that's why you're here, to bring that to the world. Awesome. Well, Patty, so thank you so much for being here today. You really got my synapses firing, and I'm, I'm really happy that you came on the show. Uh, Gina, you back so to you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Patty. This was awesome, guys. Great job. We will be back next week, same time, same place, for another episode of Leverage Masters. Have a great week, everybody. Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Black Book page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters. Oh,
super fun, you guys. If you're looking to sell your car, come into CarMax, where we'll buy your car even if you don't buy one from us. We take the stress of selling and turn it into a completely pressure-free experience. I like to compare it to the feeling of a shiatsu massage or a deep tissue. None of that regular tissue nonsense. We're talking about a vehicle appraisal in as little as 30 minutes and a written offer that's good for seven days at any CarMax nationwide. Uh, yep, that's the spot. CarMax, drive what's possible. Adding the choice of a crispy chicken BLT to Wendy's 4 for 4 is the biggest thing since rappers trying to sing. I got me out and I sound like a robot. But do you like the sound of this? Wendy's 4 for 4 now comes with a choice of a junior bacon cheeseburger or a crispy chicken BLT. From Detroit to Macon, I keep it crisp like bacon. Both are topped with crispy applewood smoked bacon and come with four nuggets, fries, and a Coke for just four bucks. Oh, yeah. At participating Wendy's for a limited time, meal includes small fries and a drink. Not valid in Alaska and Hawaii. 